Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. That pandemic actually helped them to get to know each other better. Because of all the time that they had together, they had some long, hard conversations where they really talked through how they felt and they approached problems. They focused on how they could communicate as a team versus acting like two individual people. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad that you've joined us. Dr. Linda, you and I are not married. Thank goodness. Oh, I mean, no, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. We do work as a pair on this program, but during the pandemic, a lot of actual couples split Kelly Clarkson and then Bill and Melinda Gates, among others, uh, did not survive the pandemic. I know that was a little bit of surprise on that last one. But, yeah, you're right. We didn't split. We're still doing that's our right. show together. That's right. So that's the good news, right? And both of our marriages are also still intact. <laughs> but, you know, we don't know the details of those marriages that you talked about in a lot of the articles of people that were having struggles during the pandemic. But we do know, Chris, that when people are in isolation together, the old problems that they have probably became much more apparent. Lockdown was the catalyst for Mm. some of those struggles to come to the surface. I think it's really easy to see that when two people are there 24-7 with very few breaks, it either brings out the best in you or the worst in you. And when you are with someone 24-7, you learn a lot. Like this woman told a reporter that during lockdown, she found out her husband had a girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. So that would be quite a surprise. Yes, that would be. And I, hopefully that wasn't a surprise that a lot of couples encountered, <laughs> right. we hope. But, you know, for many couples, there was just a lot of added stress. They're juggling childcare, chores, work. And then, you know, you add to that whole mixture the worry about health and the pandemic. And that just compounded things. And in the extreme cases, lots of problems got worse. One was domestic violence. And unfortunately, those rates increased. That is a statistic that we certainly don't want to see going in that direction. But there were couples navigating a lot of domestic crises behind their own closed doors. And there are a whole lot of other things that also increased when we talk about mental health problems. So as a result of all of that, what we are seeing now is that counseling did surge during the lockdown. Couples were seeking help for their marriages, but they were also seeking help for a lot of other issues as well. Speaking of which, a therapist in Florida said, the biggest thing I hear about is couples arguing about the new division of labor in the house. Uh, People trying to work and also trying to take care of children. Really, everything was thrown into chaos. And with all that stress, people do then begin to fight about all kinds of things. They start fighting about wearing masks, going out in public, politics. There was just so much more conflict and tension that surfaced during that time. You know, some couples reported that due to their busyness prior to the pandemic, they just didn't pay close attention to their relationships. But when lockdown hit, it was really hard not to notice how your partner was behaving when they're right there across from you every moment. I guess less distractions made us notice those, you know, a little annoying habits in some cases. And along with relationship stress, people were adding 
you know, job loss and financial problems uh, to these list of stressors. And with job loss, there really is a financial uncertainty that you're constantly dealing with. That's a big stress that we didn't really think about how that was going to affect people in so many ways. And then there was a lack of stability in housing because of those mm-hmm. losses of job. I mean, I think there were a number of people. Did you hear about rents being deferred and right. not making them pay? But I don't think they were evicting people mm-hmm. as much. But boy, that stress is certainly going to put pressure on a relationship. And you put all those issues together with the stress, again, of the pandemic, and it really took a toll on some relationships, especially the ones that had been in a rough place to begin with. And then you add all of this and then new conflicts. It really put them to a pressure point. You know, more stress seemed to take some couples, like you said, just to a to a breaking point. But not all couples experienced a breakdown during the pandemic. And that's what we're talking about today. We want to focus on the couples who said lockdown brought them closer together and then learn why they reacted differently to all the stress, despite the financial difficulties, the anxiety over over health and all the things that we've mentioned. What was different about couples who made it? That's an important focus that we're going to take today because you're going to learn that if you're a couple, you are going to go through difficult seasons in your life as a couple and how you deal with that stress and those seasons of difficulty really makes a difference and it matters in your relationship. Chris, a recent study by the American Family Survey found that some good news about this. They found that husbands and wives' commitment to one another deepened in about half the couples and that divorce is likely to fall, at least in the short term after the pandemic. So not all the news is bad news. Well, it's good to hear that even with all the uncertainty and the change, some couples came out stronger. And it seems like all we hear from the media are the problems, not about the couples who actually grew stronger. And those are the resilient couples. And so we want to ask, what does it take? And you're right, Chris, we don't hear about the people who are stable and doing well in the news, do we? We hear about all the people that are problematic. And I think that's because uh, it's like reality TV. People don't want to see good, healthy, functioning Mm. people. They want to see all these crazy chaos and conflict. And, you know, and then I think you watch that and you think, well, I'm doing better than those people. And so maybe that's what makes us feel better at the moment when we look at all that dysfunction. Right. It's like when the pandemic started, we saw tickers on the screen that showed more cases, more cases, more deaths. But when things began to get better, the tickers yeah, didn't away. come down. Yeah, and it went away. They stopped showing all of that. <laughs> right. Bad news gets people's attention. But, you know, we've had plenty of bad news and enough of it for quite a while. So I think it's time that we celebrate the strong couples. One thing a number of couples said was that during the pandemic, that pandemic actually helped them to get to know each other better. Hmm. Because of all the time that they had together, they had some long hard conversations where they really talk through how they felt and they approached problems. So being pent up together, they focused on how they could communicate their feelings respectfully, how they could listen better, and how they could communicate as a team versus acting like two individual people. When there's nothing else to do, I guess you might as well just sit around and talk. (laughs) (laughs) And improve your communication, right? right? I mean, that Mm -hmm. seems so simple, doesn't it? But when you are so busy, you know, a lot of times we just forget that that's an important thing. And because you are pushed by the pandemic to be together, it really did force some difficult conversations. And it pushed some problems that had been lingering in the Mm. background really to the surface. And you know what? Couples had time to actually sit and focus on those and address them. You know, maybe one of the lessons we learned from the pandemic is the need for couples to spend 
more time together and to actually talk out their differences. We need to think about all of the distractions we have and try to eliminate some of them. I really agree with that. I think that's something we commonly know, but we just don't do, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that we should spend time with each other. We should talk with each other. But it's harder to avoid when you are forced. (laughs) So that's what the pandemic did to a lot of people. And it was a good time to really practice your conflict skills. Remember, I wrote a book about that. We need to talk. Mm -hmm. And you could have gotten out that book and you could have practiced your conflict skills, right? Wow, that was shameless. Did you and Sharon do that? (laughs) We did. We did. (laughs) Did you take out my book and look at it? Yes, we did. Okay, there you go. But a key point is that a couple that makes it through a really difficult season is that they took time, they turned toward each other, and they communicated when the stress was high. They didn't hide in alcohol or the internet or any other vice that takes you away from the person you love. Do you think that couples who share similar beliefs do better with stress and difficulty? Oh, absolutely. The couples who had similar views on politics, Mm -hmm. sort of the cultural issues that were being talked about, safety protocols for COVID-19, those couples did a whole lot better because they just had less stress due to all the conflict. They didn't have as much fighting. They didn't have as much tension. I mean, how many couples do you know? I mean, I know lots that were really fighting over wearing masks and Mm -hmm. the politics and all the things. So when you, you know, you tend to be attracted to someone with some opposite characteristics that you have. But when it comes to values and beliefs, the more similar you are, the easier it is on your relationships. Yeah, opposites attract, but during times of stress, it can really come to the surface and and force a lot of conversations. That's right. Well, we need to take a short break, but uh, let's keep the conversation going more on what keeps couples strong during tough times. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just as a reminder, you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, on Twitter at Dr. Linda Mental, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker, and on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) at Dr. Linda Mental. I'm everywhere. That's right. Social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and her writing on relationships. And the book that might help related to today's topic is We Need to Talk, which helps couples navigate conflict in both good and bad times. Dr. Linda, there are two researchers who have been studying couples for decades, Drs. Scott Stanley and Dr. Howard Markman. And they are co-directors of the Center for Marital and Family Studies at the University of Denver, and they looked at ways to help couples during the pandemic. By the way, that's in Denver. Okay. Well, and I know Dr. Stanley. I don't know Dr. Markham as well, but Mm -hmm. I've been in several sessions that Dr. Stanley has conducted. He's great. And their number one finding was that the relationship should just feel safe. So I don't think that should surprise us, but especially when you have the world feeling so unsafe around you. So in other words, Chris, if you felt safe with your partner, then the uncertainty of the pandemic was far less scary because of the support that you had at home. 
And this tells us that, you know, if you preserve and maintain safety in your relationship, and we're talking about physical safety, Mm -hmm. emotional safety, commitment safety, and I would say spiritual safety. Let's add that to the list as well. That is really important to making it through a tough time with your spouse. Physical safety makes sense, but uh, say more about emotional safety. What is that? That one is really the crux of a relationship doing well. Mm -hmm. It really is important to feel emotionally safe with your partner. It's the extent to which both partners feel that they're understood, that they're loved, they feel a part of the team that they are together, and they're able to walk through challenging relationship issues without feeling that somehow this is going to end up in a divorce Mm. or, you know, my partner's going to leave because they're so upset with me. Right. So this feeling of safety wasn't felt for all couples during the pandemic. And especially when all that stress was that we've been talking about was at a tipping point. And for those couples who could not access the things around them, those connection points that did help them maybe feel a little bit more safe or maybe just got distracted, you know, they got distracted away from the problems of the relationship, like traveling, Mm. going out to dinner, it was much easier for those couples to have escalating conflict and problems. So for couples who didn't have mutual support or who depended on others around them, the increased social isolation that so many couples were experiencing proved to be damaging and even scary. But then the ones who had that support from each other, things went much better. So I guess what you're saying is that having supportive people in your life is really a key factor in making it through the tough times. However, One of the supportive people needs to be your spouse. That's right. So having both of those really Mm -hmm. helps. And I I think later we'll talk a little bit about that's why the church is important, because those are supportive people in your environment. I have a friend who has gone through some really tough times with a child who could have died during the pandemic. Mm. And between their faith, their family's faith, and the way they came together in their marriage, What happened, Chris, was that you could see it. Their bond really strengthened through that time. And what they experienced would have torn most couples apart, honestly. But they leaned on God. They leaned on each other in such a beautiful way. And they had this large community of believers who prayed with them, who sent them notes, who checked on them. So, you know, take the time right now and think, who do I have as a support team? And is my partner one of those people? What if you're an introvert or someone who prefers to stay away and you can't think of, you know, too many people or you don't have a supportive partner? I do think it's important. I mean, there are people who prefer to a little bit more isolation than other people, but Mm -hmm. you do have to have some key people in your life to say in a time of difficulty, I need someone else to walk alongside me. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that. So I would say get off of Netflix. It's kind of easy to get on there all the time and and kind of lose yourself. Start building some deep and meaningful relationships. And now as we're getting back to church and as churches are opening, that's a place to start getting involved and Mm. push yourself to start meeting in some small groups. Do you think people, let's say they were living life and they were pretty, you know, outgoing, you know, like to hang out. But then in the last year or so of, of the pandemic, did anyone become an introvert? Did people go backwards? I think you have to adjust to it. Like, I'm a very extroverted person, Mm -hmm. and the pandemic was hard on me. If I didn't have the people at my work who I was connecting with all the time, I would have probably been really (laughs) much more uh, depressed um, based on all that lack of interaction. So I think introverts probably did better. It would be interesting to see if there are studies on that Mm -hmm. during that time. But still, you need people. You just don't want to get to the place where you're not connected when you need somebody 
during a time of difficulty. Another thing that researchers found that helped couples survive difficulty was the ability to control their emotional impulses. And when your emotions are all over the place and maybe very intense, I can see how that would strain a relationship and it would erode that feeling of safety. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking of all the couples I worked with where someone had a really bad temper problem. Mm -hmm. And then think about if you're 24-7 with that person and they're just losing it all the time. You would not feel safe. So there's really a danger in allowing your emotional impulses around frustration to just be uncontrolled. It does exactly what you said. It undermines that sense of safety that we're talking about, especially when everything else around you in your environment seems to be so uncertain. So if you're struggling with regulating your emotions, if you had problems with that before the pandemic, if you're someone who just let loose whenever you got upset, you are easily frustrated with things, that increased stress didn't help you. So again, I would really say that you need to get some help with that because when you don't have control over your emotions and your feelings, that can be a problem and you need to get some help regulating that. I think we're talking about self-control and, hey, it's a fruit of the spirit. That's right. And if you have anger problems, maybe low frustration tolerance or, or poor coping, like you said, the pandemic, it didn't help. Right. Again, that speaks to how are you doing on those same things going into the pandemic? Mm. Because we know that when, when there's stress comes, whatever your problems are, they're going to be made worse if you've been ignoring them. So I would just really encourage every couple to take some time to take inventory and ask each other, you know, how well did we cope during that time and what do we need to work on? Are there some coping skills that we do need to work on, maybe together and maybe individually? Here's a positive reason why things did get better for some couples. They felt like their responsibilities were more evenly distributed. Yeah, I like that one because most people were working from home. Everybody had to navigate that work-child-family responsibility. And when they did that collaboratively and they had respect for their partner's needs, mm. those couples got closer And because they approached the changes as a challenge and they faced it together as a team. I heard so many people talk about how their spouse helped with the children, the chores, and how they actually felt like for the first time even in their mm. marriage, they felt more like a working team. I'm at home. I'm like, you laundry? Yeah. You want me to do laundry today? Oh, my gosh. Are you so kidding me? traditional. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My husband irons. Even before the pandemic, really? he irons. You know why? Why? Because he does it way better than I do. <laughs> and he didn't like the way his shirts were looking. Right. So he just learned. He did it himself. It was great. My brother-in-law folds his own underwear because he likes the way it's folded when he See? does it. Mm -hmm. That's right. So the help that you give each other right. is really good. And you had to do it during the pandemic. Well, do you think couples are worried that as we all go back to work and sort of back to normal, that that will be unbalanced again? I know that's a concern because I've heard so many women say mm -hmm. uh, that, who worked outside the home that they had so much more help with their partners <laughs> and they don't want it to go back to that same unbalanced help. So right. they're really worried about that. One woman told me how much she will miss time with her husband, too, because mm -hmm. he spent a lot of time with the kids. That's right. That's true. And it's easy to see how couples might be concerned about losing that time together once all the external demands are back again. That's right. The demands on your time, like your social obligations, your commute. Look at mm. all the people who didn't have to commute. That's like two hours a day. Yeah. Mm. A lot of them got back. All of those distractions were temporarily gone and couples had a lot of extra downtime to enjoy doing things together like binge watching Netflix. I think Norman <laughs> and I did that a few times right. or taking bike rides together. 
we did a lot of walking during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it was really good for our health and for our mental health and for our relationship. So there are going to be some feelings of loss when all of that time is gone. But I'm hoping that what happened is couples are saying to each other, we need to keep this a priority and we need to keep doing these things because they really did make our relationship more positive. Mm. Well, speaking of priorities, one of the priorities right now is for us to take a break. But more on what makes a couple stay strong during difficult times when we come back. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz too and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. You're listening to The Dr. Linda Mental Show. Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. The book that relates to today's topic is We Need to Talk, a book about successfully navigating conflict in your relationships. You can check out her website, drlindamental.com, and you can find the book, We Need to Talk, and you can connect on social media. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. Anytime, everywhere. I mean, you cannot get away from this program. <laughs> That's right. It's impossible. <laughs> Before the break, we mentioned uh, bike rides and such and hiking. And uh, you and Dr. Norm got back into regular walking and exercise. And apparently that happened for other couples too. But we just bought a bike for Julianne, our middle child. Brand new bike at a bike shop. And there were so many back-ordered models of bikes Oh, because he said everyone's buying bikes, or they did during the pandemic, and the bike manufacturers cannot keep up. Well, that was a business that thrived then during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Well, one couple in Chicago started hiking together, Chris. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you this story. And they covered as many as 20 miles Mm. in a single day on the trails. And here's what they said. I don't think we went into hiking saying this will help our relationship, Mm -hmm. but it really brought us a lot closer and more comfortable with one another. In conjunction with the hiking that they were doing, they were cutting out previous vices that they had, and they introduced themselves into a new obsession, which was a better and healthier one, Mm -hmm. according to them. And it made their bond much closer and their love deeper. And it made, this is what she said, it's made me realize that I want him as my long-term partner even more so because we can get through really stressful experience and feel great afterwards. Mm, that's true. That's, Isn't that great? That serotonin thing is yeah, right in there. Yeah, that would um, be endorphins. Ah, uh, endorphins, But, but then okay. you are not the neuroscience person on our show. See, I try to be, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so so did you and Dr. Norm hike 20 miles a day together? <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> but we did get to three miles a day, okay. which was a big change for us. Right. And we loved being outside. We felt so much better. Plus, when you take long walks, you tend to talk. And so couples are doing new things together. And you've talked about uh, before on this program about how novelty helps a relationship. It really does. It shakes things up. It gets the reward center in the brain. So let's go back to the brain. It does kick off that dopamine. Not serotonin. (laughs) Serotonin's involved too, but the dopamine is the one that kind of gets you feeling good. Reward. It's the Mm -hmm. reward center. Some got really creative and developed really new interests together and alone. So you'll love this one, Chris. Mm -hmm. One couple started a chicken coop 
and they researched exotic chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. I mean, a chicken is a chicken to me, you know. It's, it makes nuggets. Yeah, it, was, it had been something like a joke between them before, right. and then they kind of got into this. <laughs> I can't picture you and Dr. Norm raising exotic chickens. <laughs> you don't think we're the exotic chicken type? Maybe not, maybe not. No, I would agree with you. But you know what? Norm did start doing more gourmet cooking. Speaking of chickens. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually did have mm-hmm. a lot of chicken in those meals. Yeah. But good thing we were walking, too, because those meals, I think, would have put on a few more pounds because right. they were so good. The three miles a day helped, <laughs> helped with the extra cooking. That's right. You know, one of the main factors that kept couples strong was shared faith. One couple converted a part of their house to a, a chapel where they could read scripture daily and discuss it. And they found that this kept them spiritually strong. I wonder how many people did that. That's the first I've, I've heard that of that. Was, that's mm-hmm. really clever, mm-hmm. um, and it would be good for your spiritual life. Uh, there were four studies that were published in the Journal of Family Psychology that said if you're going to cultivate practices like selfless prayer, spiritual intimacy, and compassionate love, that that is something that keeps them together. So that couple was not only strengthening their spiritual life, but mm. they were also doing something that would help their relationship. Well, there are several spiritual ways you can make it through tough times that have been studied and they're proven to work. Let's talk about these. Yeah, so the first one is not going to surprise anybody. It's praying for your partner. There's and a there's... Good, that's a good idea. I should, yeah. I should do that. You, know? <laughs> you just thought of that, right? <laughs> but I, what I love about it is there's actual research from the University of Georgia that says praying for others is associated with increased commitment mm-hmm. and a more satisfying relationship with your spouse. And you can be spiritually open. And this goes back to the idea of sharing spiritual beliefs. That's right. So people feel, you know, they're always looking for their soulmate. Mm. So when you're sharing all of that, that's part of what brings you together and gets you to have that feeling. You know, the third point is faith teaches that marriage is something sacred. When you hold that view, the studies show that you're going to have a higher marital satisfaction and you're going to feel more compassionate love towards that person because you see it as a sacrament, as something sacred. You know, another thing you can do spiritually to get through tough times is to deepen your relationship with God. Right, because positive religious coping, so if you're deepening a relationship, you're going to have better religious coping. That's Mm -hmm. going to increase your feelings of calm and hopefulness, and that's been shown to be true. It makes you more optimistic, right. and you can handle things better. And then don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk of faith. If you're doing things that are against your faith, obviously it's going to create problems. Mm. So if you're keeping yourself obedient to the Word of God, and you're doing things that are proven to make your relationship better, obviously that's going to help. And churches are opening up, and congregations are getting back together, so get back to church. That's right. And there are all kinds of programs that can help you. If you struggle during the pandemic, look for a premarital or some kind of marital help in your church, or churches are great with helping give referrals. So the conclusion of a number of studies, not just our opinion, is that faith practices work to keep couples strong during difficult times. Yeah, and we didn't go through all the references to the things that we're talking about, but all those things that we just talked about, Chris, were based on studies that people were doing in secular institutions, why religion and faith make a difference. And while the media and the culture take on an increasingly negative view about religion, it is a protective factor in marriage, and don't let the media tell you that it's not. So the next time you come across a media story that reports faith as a negative for couples— I want you to be really skeptical when you hear that. So long as marriage is based on a common commitment to religious faith, religious faith is a positive force to help couples get through difficult times. The more religion we have, the more honest, authentic faith, the better couples are going to do.
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.